make us i'm jake i'm tracy and i'm val and this is this is our conclusion of nicholas cage november we hope everybody who's listening had a wonderful and happy thanksgiving uh, yep. that you celebrated and enjoyed it in a way that was great for you um, whether that involves turkey or foot or family or the above we hope <laughs> it was a great time <laughs> and i, I that, right? i'm excited i got my covid booster it's it's Yay. okay for all adults now. A little bit of yep. a sore arm, and that was it. So I was very wow. happy. The second shot knocked me on my butt for a day and a half. So yeah. just a bit of a sore arm. I was very happy, but yeah, it's available. Go get it. Yep. Nice. We I, I got my third a while back. Um, and then we've started getting the littler kids that hadn't been vaccinated yet their vaccinations mm-hmm. and we've we've gotten all but one because we tried nice. to take her to the pharmacy and the temper tantrum and stuff <laughs> that was thrown by her just ended up in her not getting vaccinated oh, don't you yet. love being so we're gonna figure that out yeah <laughs> so i'm waiting until after december 3rd to get my booster because for, i for the first and second shot i was laid out so I just want to make sure that I'm good for. I totally get that for the reception because you guys are going to be there in mass. Yes, yep. masquerade ball. So I I have had the song masquerade from Phantom of the Opera running through my head like nonstop because <laughs> we've talked about that and I've had to get like the masks for it and things like that. And so every time I think of it, that's what I think of is that song. From we should definitely get like movies that make us photo with our masks so we can post it on the page. That night. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because no one will ever see me in a mask again. I just, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm excited to go and this is going to be a lot of fun, but this is definitely outside of my comfort zone a little um, bit. So except when you're out fine. on the streets being a vigilante. Yeah. Well, we don't talk. Oh. Okay. oh. Being a vigilante is a lot oh. like Fight Club, Tracy. We don't talk about it. Sorry. All right? um, I was joking. Completely yeah. a joke. See, now yeah. you've, you've endangered my whole family now. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure everyone would totally buy that I'm a vigilante by night. Um. Anyway. <laughs> don't know where to go from there. Um. <laughs> So I think the movie that we're talking about this week with Nicolas Cage, and we never got into any of like his really, really B movies or the horror mm-hmm. movies that he was in or jujitsu okay. or any of that. Um, and there's <laughs> so much talking about jujitsu. We could do a year of Nicolas Cage and we really uh, could. We really could. There are so many things. So I think uh, Jake mentioned it last week on the show. We, if this was a hit, if you enjoyed Nicolas Cage November and you want us to do it again next November, um, let us know. But let us know the mo- Nicolas Cage movies that you love because there's a couple of campy ones that are awful but are so great. Um, mm-hmm. yep. but I, this movie, I was, I was like, Nicolas Cage is in a movie called Pig, and I had watched all these other campy movies leading up because during the yeah. Um, you know, the big part of the pandemic when we're sitting at home, that was the thing that Dave and I did is like, what bad Nicolas Cage movie can we watch this week? And there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we were watching them and then this movie came out 
And I kept hearing about it and kept hearing about it. And it will be nominated for something this year, yeah. by the way. It is on Variety's like top 30 list of nominated movies. Um, but this is not what I expected. This movie no. had so much heart and was so, un- it was just so unexpected from anything I think Nicolas Cage has ever done ever. So when, when I hear that Nicolas Cage is making a movie about an, a guy who's kind of a loner who gets his pig kidnapped, I was thinking this was going to be like a John Wick movie. I thought it was going to be like Taken. And it is, it, it's interesting because it plays with that a little bit. Like it plays with your expectations. Because there are times where you're like, oh, he's going to lose it. He's going to just yeah. blow up. And and he really doesn't. And this is a movie that is just, it's it's, the premise is so weird about a guy who lives in the woods with his pig who helps him get truffles. And the pig gets kidnapped and he goes to try and find it. It's like, I can't imagine the pitch meeting to the studio to to get this done, but I'm glad that they did. I honestly think, and this is why it was so believable to me, is I feel like this is almost like an auto like autobiographical movie because I feel like this is what Nicolas Cage is doing right now. Like he Mm -hmm. wants to be isolated and away from everyone. He doesn't want to have to deal with anybody on a regular basis. So he isolates himself up into the mountains. He has looked like a mountaineer for years now. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. he's had that beard. He's had the hair, like all this stuff. Um, I saw him at Disneyland one time for world of color. And um, like he looked he looked like he needed a bath, but he looked like he also was having a really like good time just not being Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? Right. Because Nicolas right. Cage that everybody looked for at the time was the national treasure Nicolas Cage, right? And so mm. when I when I first started watching this movie, I'm like, maybe this is what he's doing. Maybe this came from him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and and what I really like about it is you go in, you know, you read the synopsis. You watch the trailer and you've got an expectation of what this movie is. And even as you're starting to watch it, you kind of have an, an understanding of who his character is. But then with each minute that this movie goes on, there's another level revealed of, of who his character mm-hmm. is and what this is, what's really going on. Stuff comes up that you're like, what? And it's just kind of weird and bizarre that pops in there. I'm thinking of the Hotel Portland, for example, like some underground fight club for food workers in Portland. Like, is this a thing? Is this, you know, and, and just stuff like that, that kind of pops in there, but it all really works. And you get to understand who this character is by the end. And you've got a totally different picture of who he is Mm -hmm. and what he's doing. um, than you did at the beginning, because at the beginning, he's just an old hermit that lives out in the woods with his awful hunting pig. But by, by the end, you understand who he was. And how he kind of got to where he was. Where he was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had watched this movie before I had seen Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And so this movie made the pig scenes in Black Widow way oh, more emotional God. for me. Because <laughs> I, I had that. seen this movie. And then you see the pig um, things in Black Widow where she's controlling these pigs and making one almost die. And all I could think of was Nicolas Cage and his pig. And these pigs are more than just pigs. Like, why are you treating them so horribly? And I don't think I would have had such an emotional moment with that scene. If I wouldn't have seen this movie. (laughs) like Tears are streaming down her face. (laughs) Everybody else is like, what? I, I will also say what I really appreciate about this film too is its length. It's an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. 
which is almost unheard of for movies today, especially a movie that is going to be nominated for things that is known for mm-hmm. having a good, good acting in it, a good story. A lot of times those serious awards can are two, two and a half hours long. This is oh, an easy. hour and a half and it just works. I feel like there's not a lot of time in the movie, even though it, it could very easily be very slowly paced. I don't feel like it is. I feel like the pacing is yeah. pretty spot on. Yeah, because it is a slow, it's a slow movie where right. in it that it's a little more quiet. It's not action packed like all the other movies that we have been talking about. However, it is the perfect pace for the story that they're telling. And I did like all of the odd little nuances, just kind of like every, you know, different scenes like this, un, like this revealing of a chapter in this man's life. And you mm-hmm. just get so attached to him and his bit pig by the end of the movie that I just was like, how did that happen? Like, you're like one moment you're thinking, what is this movie I'm about to watch? And then you're at the end and you're just so into this story. I wanted more. Like, I wanted to know more mm-hmm. about what was going on and what is he going to do now? And, you know, like where I wanted to see like more of what happened to the pig, you know, like I always, yeah. I'd like, I'd like a documentary of the behind the scene. Like, oh, the, the, like the Portland food scene got a hold of the pig. That's what happened. Right. Yeah. But I wanted to see like, Hey, they, I want to see like from the time they captured him to, you know, the sad yeah, like, like, yeah, his, the, the pig's adventure from, from, from her <laughs> point of view. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. And it, it is, it's powerful storytelling. There are things that I felt in this um, that were just done really, really well that are not always done well in movies. Like when he's cooking a meal for the dad at the end and he's like, we're going to mm-hmm. cook your dad a meal. At no point does he say, we're going to recreate the exact meal that your parents had. Yeah. That was that meal that they talked about for years and years that your mom talked about. He doesn't say that, but the minute that the dad's eating the meal and you see him get emotional, you know, that's exactly what he did. And they don't have to tell you that they don't have to do a lot of exposition, but the way they tell the story, you just know that. And I, and I got emotional at that point because I was like, I realized what he had done is try to recreate that memory for his dad to help him reconnect there. It it reminded me of, of, of um, the climax scene of Ratatouille where Mm -hmm. Anton ego takes that bite of the Ratatouille and all the time he has flashback to his childhood. And it's kind of, it kind of, that reminded me of that, but a live action version. Well, I think this movie kind of echoes that in a way, because this movie really honed in on how much many of us um, treat our our pets Mm -hmm. or animals in our lives as family, that we have this bigger connection with animals than than people think, you know, and they so they've got him out in the wilderness that is just connected with this pig. He does the same thing every day. They have this routine. This pig is his companion, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you've ever had a pet that you felt more than a pet with then you understand. And then they go vastly to the city where everything's fast paced and everybody's thinking about who can be the next best thing. And then you've got him and nobody understands why this pig is so important to him because they just know that the pig brings them money, brings them product, them up to the next shelf. Whereas him, this is his every day. He wakes up and sees this pig. You know, yeah. this pig is more than just, you know, bringing him money. He makes just enough money so that he can t- continue doing the life that he wants, which is this quiet life away from that because he used to be in it as a chef. He used to be pushed every day. Chefs are very hard workers. You don't have, mm-hmm. if you're a good chef, you really don't have a life. You mm-hmm. know, chef is in the morning and at night. Like you're, there's very little time for you to have a life outside of that. And 
you know, he, we find out during the movie that he used to be this just renowned chef that people, you say his name and you can get a spot at the best restaurant and he's been out of the business for how long and people still right. think that about him. Um, you know, and you know, the mystery around where he went and people thought he was dead and, you know, just this, he has this whole other persona out into the real world that most people would want because it brings them the fame, the money, the whatever, but he just wants his own time with his pig, with his mountains, with his routine. And, uh, you know, it's, and it also brings you into this world of truffles that none of us think about, like truffles are very hard to find and it's like a business and people oh, yeah. get serious about it, you know, and oh, it yeah. shows you this other, you know, farmer that's doing truffles and the, the person that buys them and they all know each other and they, you know, it's kind of this cutthroat business uh -huh. that we don't think about. Yeah. Which I thought was the, the truffle business way it's depicted in this was very interesting to me. Uh, I don't, you could farm truffles the same way you could farm other things. The way I understand it, I don't, I don't know enough about the truffle business to know what I'm talking about there. But what was interesting was when they're talking to the guy at Fenway to, to chef Fenway and he's talking about, you know, I need truffles and it's this delicacy. And like, you've got the upper class that really, cause when I think of truffles, they're kind of bougie. They're not like, I'm not going to go eat a lot in, in uh, made with truffles, but um, you know, it's kind of this upper class thing, but then you look at the people that are farming it and it's like that couple that's in the turquoise truck and they are not fancy at all. And they're just trying to scrape by. And this is just a way for them to make some money by finding and selling truffles. And, uh, it's just, it's interesting because to me it was, it was kind of a demonstration of how the lower class is sometimes very exploited by the upper class. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And that's me trying to be very diplomatic and not political, but I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, some some truffles can go up for like three hundred thousand dollars. You know, I mean, it's insane. And I'm not a big mushroom guy, so I'm I'm not a a, a truffle connoisseur. But it's like it's insane how expensive this is, and it's true, Val. I've seen some uh, some news reports. Um, about actually how cutthroat this business is and how mm -hmm. people are willing to undercut each other and sabotage each other and, and do all sorts of stuff to try and come out on top because there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. And I, and I think that that was an interesting thing too, because I think at the beginning, Amir, as he's helping him, he's thinking, well, we got to get this pig back and it's his livelihood. Well, it's my livelihood too. Cause I, I get the right. truffles from him. And, you know, at one point he says, I can find the truffles without the pig. I yeah. know where to look. I know where they are in the trees. Like, I can find them. Yeah. It's not about finding the truffles. It's about the pig. I care about yeah. the pig. Yeah, they're like, we'll give you money. We'll get you another pig. We'll blah, blah, you know, blah, blah. And he's like, it's not about any of that. This and he is, is very my clear. pig. You took my pig. He's very clear that it's a normal loving the animal, not a weird bestiality kind of yeah. loving the animal. Because he makes that very clear to him at one point in the movie. I'm not effing the pig. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> can, can we talk for a minute about how good Alex Wolf is in this movie? Sure. Like, this is a kid who, like, started off on Nickelodeon, if I'm not misremembering. Well, so and... did Alanis Morissette. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> but, I mean, he's made some really interesting films. Like, he was in Jumanji. But then yep. he's in Hereditary. He's incredible in Hereditary. Um, 
then uh, Pig, and then the the M Night Shyamalan's Old that just came mm-hmm. out, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen, but uh, but he's he's really good in this. Like he's just this ball of nervous energy, you know, mm-hmm. and he kind of has that slickster huckster wannabe power broker, but he's in over his head in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, and he's, and what I love is that as we get to uncover a lot about Nicholas Cage's character in this, about Rob, who's Robin Feld, who's this world-renowned chef in Portland, as we get to find out more about him, he helps uncover a lot of Amir's character in mm-hmm. the film because we find out, you know, what really drives him is the fact that he's getting into the same business that his dad was in, and his dad doesn't think he like I love when they're at the table. And he's telling, talking about how, you know, yeah, this is my dad's restaurant that he sells to. So we kind of have this deal where he doesn't go to the restaurants that I sell to. And I don't go to the restaurants that he sells to and whatever. It's like, why aren't you working for your dad? Why aren't you working with him? Why isn't he supporting you? He's yeah. like, yeah, your dad sounds like a terrible person. Like, it's just, he <laughs> helps uncover like all of this uh, in his character. And I think that it's just really interesting. I mean, anytime that, that, Rob opens his mouth and says more than like one or two sentences. It's usually pretty profound, except for the whole, like the world's going to end with this earthquake and the big sea wave that's going to swallow Portland and everything. That was, that was obviously really weird and it was supposed (laughs) to be, but like other stuff, like when he talks to Amir about his dad, when he talks to Fenway about why are you doing this? Like when, when I fired you, you were going to go start a pub. Yes. For the what you love because they don't love you or care about you man that's profound yeah well and i think this whole movie is kind of a metaphor on or a mediation on loss and dealing with grief and dealing with what you thought you'd be versus what you ended up being in a lot of ways i also think it's about what how people follow something that they don't understand just because somebody has said it's important. Like you see everyone in that restaurant that they go into, that was his father's restaurant where everybody's um, sitting a certain way and all of this food really doesn't look edible. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's the Mm -hmm. fancy food that you don't know like what it is or what it's like, but it's the restaurant to get a seat in. And just if you show up in this room, you're important and doesn't really matter what the food looks like or tastes like it doesn't because we've told you that this is the place to be. Right. Yep. Well, and I love, I love when he's describing, when Fenway's describing it too. And he's like, we like to take the familiar that people know really well and make it foreign and unfamiliar. I said, that sounds stupid. I, I just thought like, I'd rather go the other way, take the something that's unfamiliar and foreign to me and make it feel uh-huh. familiar and foreign to me so that I want to try it. And I want to eat yeah. it. I don't so want you to take something that I like. But it's not a cheeseburger. It's actually tacos. Yeah. It's it's uh it's deconstructed beef tartare with a sa- yeah. If if you want to know what I think deconstructed is the most overused term when talking about 100%. cooking out there right 100%. now. Like I did this, it's deconstructed. You so what you just didn't like put it together right? Like what what is this? <laughs> it's all the ingredients that? and it's all on the plate, but none of it's touching. None of it's together. Yes. <laughs> like, imagine any other industry. Deconstructed wouldn't work. Well, I I I've got this house, it's really great, it's got everything you need, but it's a deconstructed house. This is a deconstructive the, shirt. I mean, the only place automobile. 
The only other place that deconstructed works is at Ikea because you know all the furniture has to be put together. So you get you get a shelf. It's just de- it's a deconstructed shelf. True. You just have to reconstruct it. That's a good point. That's what it, it's like to me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I just think it's a funny term. I, I agree. Yeah. And, and I just may not be enough of a foodie or fancy enough to really get it. And that's fine. You're not bougie. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a foodie, but I don't think that you have to be bougie to be a foodie. Right. I've watched right. every, I've watched almost every single food show out there. So I get when, when deconstructed food is actually enticing. Like if you take something that's very, very complicated and you take it apart and you make it uncomplicated so that someone that doesn't eat these things all the time can taste all of those flavors and not have it be so complicated. I get that. But I agree with you, Jake, that it's thrown around too often now because it's the popular thing to do mm-hmm. is right. to say that you deconstructed your food. If you've done that, you don't have to say it. You know yeah. what I mean? So there are times when it works and there's times where it's just you trying to fit in as a chef yeah. where it doesn't work. And if you've watched any of the top chef shows, they pull that apart when you've done something like that and it's not really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that you can be a foodie and not be pompous. I agree. <laughs> yeah, oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I'm sorry. And I didn't, I, we think foodies are great and I just, I just don't, I, anyway. No, I'm just giving you permission yeah. to be a foodie. You yeah, told yeah. me all about the Taco Bell breakfast crunch wrap, crunch and I still want to get that, but I still also want to eat at some of the best restaurants in the world, but Taco Bell is still like mm-hmm. my go-to. Well, and that's, that's kind of how we are with movies too, right? Like yeah. we want to yeah. have the gourmet, beautiful, artistic, uh, well-crafted piece. And then there's times that you just want cinematic junk food and there that's okay. And sometimes yeah. you just sit down and watch Sharknado with your deconstructed taco. And which is nachos. Which yeah. is actually just a taco salad. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> nachos. And and I, I I thought about that whole attitude when he's talking to Fenway. And he's like, why aren't you doing the pub thing? Because that's what you love to do. And I think we let things like profitability or we let things like trends or we let things mm-hmm. like what's popular really kind of get in the way of just enjoying what we enjoy, you know, and, and we prevent ourselves from enjoying something because we almost feel like, I think as a society now, we feel like there's going to be something wrong with whatever it is, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a restaurant that's new, we think that there's going to be something wrong. It can't be perfect. So we've got to find all the things wrong in order good critic or, you Mm -hmm. know, someone Mm -hmm. of any kind of credibility. And like, I get it. Not every, not anything is perfect, but we're preventing ourselves from enjoying stuff. So true. So true. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's just because I'm following the wheel of time fandom right now. And I feel like that's what a lot of fans (laughs) are doing to themselves. And I don't, but, but I just feel like that's just something we do in general. Yeah. Yeah, And I want to jump back to one of our, a movies like chef. I feel like he does Mm -hmm. that to himself as well. Like he feels like, in order to be a real chef, he has to be in a restaurant. He's like, I'm a real chef. I'm not, you know, I can't be in a food truck. Right. Well, food truck chefs are real chefs as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they have to work under different constraints and still give you a quality meal. Shout out Um, to our friend Ty. Yeah. And so I think it's so funny. Like I've been on a thing lately, that thing that I loved so much about this movie, and I will say it again, like, like Jake said, is that it's only an hour and a half. I feel like Uh this movie season, I've had to go screen so many two and a half hour to three hour movies. It's ridiculous. Like it used to be Mm -hmm. an art form to be able to tell a story concisely 
in an hour and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and now it's like, oh, you guys can tell a story in five hours. Okay. Well, anybody can really tell a story, you know, if you give them enough time, mm -hmm. um, but what's the art in it? And so, yeah, it's just all these, I think this movie brings up all those questions and he was done dealing with all of that. And he said, I just want to live my quiet life where I wake yeah. up every day. The things that are important are around me. Mm -hmm. I deal with people when I have to deal with them, you know, <laughs> and then I go back to me and my pig and the force and the cinematography of him yeah. in his surroundings was so yes. beautiful. Like you could tell it was probably a little bit chilly there, but it felt so warm and inviting yeah. and just it was so beautiful well, it, and it's so hard to light with natural light and make it look good because yeah. there's a reason why you bring in all these studio lights to make it look like it's like you know it, it, it's so funny before i got into film school it was like well yeah if you're just shooting in a, in a house you just have the lamps on no big deal and it's like that's <laughs> not really enough light and so you've got to bring yeah. this other light in and make it look like it's not actually coming from there and yeah. but to see the, the the blues and that's the thing too that i that i'm really excited about with the technology is it used to be the digital used to just crush those colors right and so you have a film that was shot on digital and blacks got blocky and turned gray and mm -hmm. blues were muted and now you're getting these i mean some of those shots when he's outside at night and going through the trees to find the truffles and it's just this beautiful light blue and there's this gradient color to the yeah. black and it just it was really nice to see and a lot of handheld work in this one too mm -hmm. well and and when you talk about it looked cozy i think at the beginning definitely does right like his cabin is cozy it, it seems like yeah i wouldn't mind hanging out in a cabin like that out in the woods and there are definitely right. days where like not interacting with people sounds amazing <laughs> i couldn't do it long term because i do actually enjoy on some level interacting with people but there are definitely days where it's like yeah, i could do that for a week i'd be fine <laughs> But I, I what's love the interesting, contrast. Oh, go ahead. It's interesting. And this may be where you're going. When he comes back after going to find the pig and you know the pig is dead now, that cabin doesn't feel cozy. It feels empty. Yeah. And it's the same mm -hmm. space, but mm -hmm. the way that they've lit it and shot it, like you get that feeling like it's something's missing and it's not quite right. Yeah. And, and in between, when he goes to Portland, the lighting becomes very uh, artificial. Mm -hmm. And it's very harsh. It's very hard light. Whereas in at the cabin and in the beginning, it's very soft. It's very natural. It feels uh, inviting. And in the city, it's artificial and it's fake and it feels unwelcoming. And then you're right when he goes back to the cabin at the end and it is kind of this emptiness, this kind of loneliness. But um, whoever played his wife has a good voice. Like when she's singing the Bruce Springsteen song, yeah. at the end, I'm like, singing an acapella and like that's that's really nicely done well and why doesn't anybody like wash his face like that whole movie mm -hmm. i'm just like why is it like why don't you wash it off why isn't somebody like hey let's go ahead and clean you up like let's like the, just like the whole time i'm like wash your face wash yeah. your face and then he's gonna make a whole meal for somebody and i'm like wash the blood off of you <laughs> I, I at least washed his hands when he did it like when he made the meal I don't know, but I agree that it would bug me the whole movie. Like if you've ever had like blood on your face or dirt on your, like you can feel it there. Yeah. And then he goes into this. And I did like the contrast when he goes into the really ritzy 
restaurant where everybody's trying to look a certain way and he just looks like him with blood on him and dirt on him and his hair is all over the place and he doesn't care which made a big point like he doesn't care the thing that is important to him is getting his pig back and everybody else can f off Mm -hmm. he doesn't doesn't care he's not trying to fit in with any societal norms but it's so yeah for but me, I, I was just like, me, please wash your face. Please, somebody say something. Like, nobody says anything. But to me, and, though, and I love it when he's, I, I love it when he's in the restaurant because they come up to him and that is one of the first, do you need, like, medical attention? Can we get you? He's like, no. I'm fine. Well, it, it worked for me because he kind of plays this kind of hulking um, figure. He's kind of a scary, almost homeless-looking guy. And, and that kind of adds to the fact that you keep thinking at any second, he's just going to go off on these. Yeah. He's going to find out who took his pig and, and it's going to be some payback. It's going to be, um, you know, like I said earlier, the John wick or the miss that nobody movie yeah. with Bob Odekirk, you know? And, yeah. and so it kind of, it kind of plays into that as you're, no, it works just for out. me as a person. I'm like, please just wash please. your face. Some just wash yeah. it. Just wipe it. You're in a bathroom. But, you're in. A, he you're doesn't wash pig. it. I think it's interesting. He doesn't wash it until he knows what happens to his pig. Yeah, yeah. and that's when and he, he finally does. washes yeah. it off, and that mm-hmm. ends up being a so powerful works, moment. But just me personally, yeah. I was. Just like, <laughs> well, and what let was just, funny? I was like, let me just get a napkin. And I just <laughs> come here, Nick. Come here. Well, and what's? I'm watching it the whole time, and I'm just thinking this guy just really needs a hug from somebody yes. and so when he's uh-huh. in the bakery but i also thought nobody's going to give him a hug because he is gross he's bloody and smelly and uh then when he's in the bakery and the his old i'm guessing she was an old employee of his gives him a hug i'm like finally somebody gave him a hug because he needed that i needed him yeah. to get that <laughs> hug at some point he's been through a lot it's and you true. just feel bad for him so if you see if you see somebody that looks like nicholas cage like this just give him a hug that's some good advice, kids. Just do it. And there are I, there are some moments where he's. It's just interesting, like when he goes to his old house and he's sitting with the kid who's playing the whatever that pan thing was, the hand pan uh-huh. or whatever, uh-huh. and he's just interacting with him. I would probably freak out a little bit if I came into the kitchen and like sure. my kid was sitting on the porch with somebody that looked like that. I would probably mm-hmm. not be thrilled. But we know him, so we're like, oh, wait, the kid's fine. He's not going to hurt the kid. <laughs> but yeah, kid it, no, that his... moment for me was a little bit strange as well. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely some moments like that. But... And I love it when he's talking to the dad, too, at the end and toward the end. And where you mentioned Trace, all he cares about is finding his pig. Or, or value said everybody else can just F off, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's telling him, like, oh, I just don't think my son's going to make it. And it's really cut. It's like, I don't care. I want mm-hmm. my pig. Where mm-hmm. is my pig? I don't care about you and your son. I, but he really <laughs> did care in his heart. Yeah. So, well, and I like the fact too that this is a first-time director, because mm-hmm. I think that a first-time director, like he knew what he wanted from Nicolas Cage in this movie, mm-hmm. and he wanted that very toned down and very dialed back Nicolas Cage, and he gives one of his more poignant performances i mean we forget because he does do a lot of silly b movies we forget that he's actually a really talented actor you go back and look at mm-hmm. stuff like leaving las vegas and yeah um, some of those even even moonstruck and um mm-hmm. then we got nominated again a couple of years later and i can't remember what it was for 
Um, but I mean, the guy is a quality actor and we forget that because he takes these kind of gonzo roles that are just bizarre, you know, and, and we forget how good he can be. And this was a really nice refresher for that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely felt like this is a, a very strong performance from him. Um, and really in, in a, I think it's really hard as an actor um, to portray a lot of feeling and emotion without having the lines to do it. Right. Uh, right. Because I think a lot of actors rely a lot on those, on the dialogue to convey what they're feeling and what they're thinking and to go through a lot of the movie, especially in scenes where it was just him and the pig out in the woods alone and kind of just painting the picture of what his life was like. And like you are engaged almost immediately with this character when you see him hunting for the truffles and things like that even though he hasn't really said a line except maybe good girl or something like that. I mean, that's right. right. And that's impressive. That takes a lot of skill as an actor to do that. Well, I want to go back to Willie's Wonderland really quick. I know everybody just like (laughs) to me is like, Oh, Willie's Wonderland. But if you take everything like hokey out of that movie and you just really hone in on Nicolas Cage, he doesn't have one line in that movie. Not one word. And he is, like amazing. I know that movie is like just a, supposed to be funny. And I did laugh at most of the movie, but him by himself, you know, he doesn't have to say anything and you know exactly what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Like Nicolas Cage is an actor that I feel like um, has taken such an odd turn in his career because he came out at a time where a whole bunch of actors are successful in totally different ways. Mm-hmm. And he could have gone that mainstream route. He has the chops that he could right, have gone that right. mainstream route and kept going with it, right? But he's an odd duck. And mm-hmm. he just he leans all the way into his odd duck. And it was so right. weird for him for a while to understand and be okay with his oddness because he was in movies that we talked about last week that are so mainstream, that were so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were being groomed to like him as this all American leading man that we understood. And then not only on screen, but in his personal life, he got very odd and it seemed like he got, he just went for this turn. He's been this way forever. It's just that he Mm -hmm. allowed us in and then he leaned into it, into his movies. And I think he got to be a better actor after he started doing things that he wanted to do instead of things he thought he was supposed to do. Right. And right. this movie is something that I think, and I'm just guessing because I don't know Nicolas Cage, but I think that you could see that he was enjoying being an actor in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and I, I've got a lot of respect for him too, because he could have come out. He's uh he's a Coppola and yeah. he mm-hmm. could have used that name. And he didn't. He came out as Nicolas Cage and he's never once tried to piggyback off of that. He's built this entire thing by himself, which I really um, have a lot of respect for. And I'm with you, Val, and the fact that he does these odd roles. It kind of reminds me in some ways of like Johnny Depp, where he was this odd guy that they tried to make into this like mainstream actor. And then he it didn't quite fit with him and then he's kind of withdrawn and gone back and he's obviously got some demons and he's got some personal issues um but tremendous actor yeah tim burton never treated him like a normal actor though no (laughs) (laughs) that's i think he he just works 
that's why they work so well together because they're both a couple of odd ducks. Them and, mm-hmm. and Danny Elfman, you throw the three of them together, yep. and it's going to be great. I'm going to love every minute of whatever it is they've put together, but they're weirdos, and it's did you, see, did you see the Weird Al, Danny Elfman, um, Oingo, Oingo, or, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas thing that they did this year? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, they had Weird Al Yankovic, um, Pee Wee Herman, uh, Ruben. Is it, is it? All Rubens, Paul yeah. Ruben? Yeah. And Danny Elfman singing um, one of the songs of the, the trick-or-treater kids. Uh-huh. So anyway, that's out there. It's interesting. But yeah, Danny Elfman and Weird Al and uh, Paul Rubens. Well, I, think I don't know. Paul Rubens was the voice of one of them in the original yeah. Yeah. cast. So. Yeah, they've done it in the past where they had like um, Catherine O'Hara, who was one of the yeah. voices. Um, yeah. But yeah, just seeing those three together, I'm like, and it works. I think this movie got me very excited about Nicolas Cage again in a way that I haven't been in a long time because I just want to see more of him doing, you know, and I hate to say the word because I hate it when people are like a real man, a real woman, a real chef, real acting, whatever. But um, I would like to see him in more roles where he is challenged like this. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he's not just doing it because he has to. He's not painting the numbers. doing it because he wants to. And I think he wanted to do this film. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, and I think there, there are certain actors out there that I feel that way about, that I want them in more in, in roles that are different than what we normally see them in because it does give them an opportunity to see it. It gives us an opportunity to see how talented they really are. You know, I think of like, a Jim Carrey, for example, I really enjoy some of his dramatic roles more than his comedic roles. Is he mm-hmm. amazing as a comedic actor? Yeah, absolutely. But he's talented as an actor, period. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we sometimes pigeonhole performers. Yes. And it's yeah. it's really kind of, it, and sometimes they do that to themselves. I mean, I, I really think Will Ferrell could probably have more serious roles if he wanted them, but I think he enjoys doing the comedic he roles. To be, bring Will Ferrell up because he's doing a show with Paul Rudd right now called The yeah. Therapist Next Door, where he is more yeah. of a serious role. And I, I am a huge Will Ferrell fan. I love him in all of his movies, except I, there's a few of them I don't, I don't watch, like The Shake and Bake. And uh, that is a funny movie. Brother, like I don't, I don't care. Brothers was meh, but Talladega yeah. Night. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah, it's fine, um, but. <laughs> but the therapist next door is something different for both him and Paul Rudd. Um, yeah. that I'm really getting sucked into like the first episode. I was like, okay, this is something, but like the second and third episode, I was like, all right, like this is something very different. And you think it's going to go hokey because of the characters that they're playing. And then you realize there's actually just people that used to be that are like this out there. And it's just taking time. You know, it's during a different time period, mm-hmm. but um, but no, I mean, they're they have surprising moments, and I think this is what I think everyone that has seen this movie and why it's going to be nominated is because we all watched it thinking that we were going to see the Nicolas Cage that has been spoon fed to us for the right. past five or six years because he's had to choose these movies because he's had some money issues and he's pretty much done everything, and we all watched this movie and then halfway through the movie, I don't know if this was you guys, but. I just like let my breath go. Like I feel like I was holding my breath or something, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, and then I just well, like throughout a lot of the movie, you keep expecting that explosion, you keep expecting yeah. that that rage to be unleashed, and it never yeah. happens. Yeah. This is such an empathetic character. It's great. I think for me, at that moment when I let 
let my breath go like that, like you were saying, Val, was probably when he's getting punched in the face in the underground, like little fight club, because I was expecting, okay, now he's really going to let loose and he's really going to show these guys what for. And no, he just stood there and let the guy punch him over and over and over again, just so he could get the address of whoever had his pig. And that's when I realized, okay, he's not going to, we're not going to get that crazy moment. And we, we get a little taste of it when he's kicking the car, but that's really Mm -hmm. it. And it, and that is so subdued compared to what I think you're expecting up until mm-hmm. that point at least what i was expecting yeah, yeah. totally so yeah i i was surprised with how much i enjoyed this movie to be honest i'll start the grading this week okay okay i'm giving it an a i just from you know start to finish really enjoyed this film i would watch it again it's not one that i was like oh we've got to watch it again right now but it gave me such a great feeling and i feel like that this is one of those movies that when you watch it the second or the third time, you're going to catch something that you didn't before, because the first time you watch it, you're, you're just waiting for him to be something else that you miss out on all of the details. Cause there are so many details in this movie that are subtle um, that I, I just think it was a very well-made movie that made me feel all the feelings that I didn't expect. And then by the time the movie was over, I was just like, wow, like Dave and I looked at each other and we were like, that was a really good movie. So I give it an A. What about you, Tracy? Uh, I I really enjoyed this. I thought Nicolas Cage was fantastic. I liked um, how, how, how in depth in the character he got and felt, I, I was trying to think last night and, I don't really know of another actor that could pull that particular role off. It's it, I'm sure there are actors out there that could, but there was something about the weight and the melancholy. And we've talked about how it seems like he really took a lot of his personal experiences and, and brought this into this character. It was almost like a character study of Nicolas Cage, not just this uh, truffle hunting chef. Um even though it's an hour and a half, it is a slower paced film, which is fine. Um, I was fine with the pacing. Um, I'm going to go A minus on this one, A minus B plus right in there, but probably more towards an A minus. Yeah. I, I really, really liked this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. And not that I was expecting to not like it. Um, I, I had heard really good things about it. And so Mm -hmm. I anticipated that it was going to be um, good but I just enjoyed it more than I thought I would just because I didn't know how interested I would be in the whole truffle hunting scene and, you know, and everything like that. But that's one thing that I really appreciated about this is this was a story that we haven't seen before. It was in a lot of ways, but it was also a different perspective, a different life view and and things like that, that you don't always get to see. And I like it when, uh, especially a first time director takes a risk and does something like that and says, Hey, I'm going to do something different i'm going to tell the story i want to tell and then they do a really good job at telling that story and i think that they do this to me the performance from nicholas cage is really good it reminds me a lot of mickey rourke in the wrestler as far as yes. kind of that same rough and tumble mm-hmm. beaten down mm-hmm. but still kind of figuring out a way to Basic keep going person. yeah and that's um, a great I, comparison yeah i i just that's what i thought of when i watched it um, so for me, I'm I'm giving this an A as well. I think it's one that people need to see. I do think it is one that will be nominated for awards and deservedly mm-hmm. so. Um, I don't know if it's going to win a, a whole yeah. lot, but I but it will be nominated and it, it deserves be to be nominated. So um, I think that's where the length of the film is going to hurt it compared to some of the others because it's going to be well. Can we seriously? I mean, 
it's only an hour and a half long. I, I think that there's anyway, I think there's other actors <laughs> as well, but, but yeah, this was a good movie and you've got 90 minutes, sit down and watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do want to say too, before we head out today, one of the movies that we talked about this year that we all liked um, the big year. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It is now streaming an extended cut an extended oh. version of the big year that I watched a couple days ago. And again, I really enjoyed watching it again and having those little bits of extras on there. If you enjoyed that movie or if you haven't seen it, it is streaming right now. So awesome. where, where is that streaming at with the extended? Cut? Um, oh, sorry. So many things. Let's see. I guess I should have known, but it was either Amazon or Netflix. <laughs> um, the big year extended edition. Um, yeah, that was a surprise. Oh, you know what? It's on Disney Plus. I was totally wrong. (laughs) I've watched so many things that I don't even know. When I, I, I make it and I've been, you know, trying to tell this to my daughter is that when you take something that you love and you start doing it more as a job, you still have to take time for yourself to have your own moments. So I've watched last week, I watched, I screened probably 26 hours of content. Mm. Um, but I made sure that at least a couple of hours were was content that I chose to watch instead of what I had to watch. (laughs) And when I saw that that was on, I'm like, Oh, the extended edition. And I did it while I was, I watched it while I was doing other things, but it was really good. That that movie was very surprising. I think that uh, I was not expect that was another one that you just didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And it, or I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I don't want to put words into everybody's mouth and say that. <laughs> no, it was surprising um, of Jack Black to have him play a character like that, that he was yeah. reined in and mm-hmm. did a very good job. He's another one that I think he's a good actor and he can do a lot of different things. But I also think, I think he's kind of in the same boat as Will Ferrell. Like Will Ferrell's done like Stranger Than Fiction, which I think was a little bit different than what he normally does. But I think he likes the kind of yeah. off the wall comedy stuff. And yeah. I think Jack Black is similar in that regard well, as well. They're both point in their careers that they can pick and choose what they do and they know what they like and they know what they're good at. And so yeah. they, can, they can play it up a little. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. There is Pig. There's Nicolas Cage November all wrapped up in a nice little package with a bow on top just in time for Christmas. <laughs> there, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. And and by the way, even though it doesn't cost anything, giving the gift of our show to someone that you love is a wonderful thing for the holidays. So whatever you celebrate, please just pass along our subscription information. Tell them to subscribe. Uh, they'll thank you later. I promise. That's a guarantee. So you can follow us in all the places. I'll put the banners up here again. You can find us on Twitter uh, at uh, at Movies Make Us. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram at movies that make us um, and then search for us on Facebook, just movies that make us and you'll find us there as well and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash movies that make us. Um, we would love to hear from you, what you thought about pig, what you thought about Nicholas cage, November, what movies you'd like us to see or like to see us do next year for Nicholas cage, November. We've got some good stuff coming up. I know in February, we're going to do some fantasy movies. We'll figure out some themes for January and December as well. Um, but you guys are, you know, stick around. We got good stuff we're almost, coming. I we're think. almost into season four. Crazy. I know. I know. Crazy. We need to do like our big, we need to do like a year end bash where we're all in person again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
we need to we need to do something for our because it'll be our our next anniversary birthday whatever you want to call it will be our third like it'll be three whole years we've been doing this and that'll get us into season four and yeah that's that's crazy to me and i have enjoyed doing it and i continue to enjoy doing it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hopefully here's to another many many years so we're not slowing down <laughs> anytime soon Cheer- oh. <laughs> i don't have anything to cheers with all right well, thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching. We appreciate it. Uh, and until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.